All right. New recording time, gentlemen. Are we ready? We are ready. Let's go. Uh. Anthology. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I am joined this week by the one true and Mike. And uh, because you know we sometimes run out of ideas, uh, we thought that uh, today we'd uh, we'd do a kind of a fallback episode on. Hey, what have we been geeking out over over lately? That's a well we can come back to Anytime. as long. Well, pretty regularly. We can't. Uh, we couldn't do this episode again next week. Ne- next time. Um, I mean, we could, but it would be mostly talking about the same damn stuff. Next time on Geek Fanthology, something new. Yes. Well, and, it has uh, been a while since we had a gym. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been in. like, what you been doing recently? I think usually it's just kind of like, hey, what was last year like? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really, you know, we haven't really had a regular just like, hey, yeah. I've been playing X or watching Y lately, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, before we do that, we do have some uh, news. Thanks to our local news custodian, Mike. Um, <laughs> custodian makes me sound like I'm a janitor. Uh, news janitor. Although some, of, although some of the stuff I think qualifies under that heading. Yeah, you're. Like that, what that, I call that, the that, Final Fantasy VIII remastered cash grab in my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited about it because I actually really liked Eight, and getting a chance to play it without with with uh, with. Kind better of a, graphics? A, well, yeah, better graphics and a slightly more streamlined, less laggy engine. I mean, it's it's kind of how I feel about like the NES Classic and SNES Classic and mm-hmm. Sega Classic, all that crap. Like, it's not a malicious; it's it's a tongue-in-cheek moniker of cash grab because yeah. it is. But it's like the people that want it will get it and enjoy it, and the people that won't won't. And there's obviously free enterprise at work. That's fine. Right, and there's obviously a there's obviously a desire for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have you know put the money and time into it. And to be fair, yeah. there, there are people that are genuinely interested in some of those older games that don't want to resort to emulators mm-hmm. and would actually like to have an actual real game game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's people that. who never left the eighties and nineties. Indeed, this particular game was ninety eight, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it was shortly after seven. And seven was ninety seven. Mm-hmm. And what they did with it. Um, because this is a, this has been a good analogy that I just came up with Mike before we started recording is essentially what they did was they uh, they took all the graphics and then they hit the enhance button you know like they like like they have on those yeah. on those uh, crime scene investigations. like an episode of a procedural show it, it enhance that image there like NCIS or yeah. whatever except CSI. except you can do that digitally if you're re- if you're remaking and re-rendering the art assets right <laughs> in, a new, yeah, shows. in a better in, in a uh, in a new in a nicer engine um, right, right. so right. I, i'm looking forward to it because i never actually i never actually finished 8 um, i uh, i i did what i do with a lot of final fantasy games which is i got up to the well i could I could fight the final boss, but they're gonna kick my ass. So I gotta grind for a while. Mm, yes. I got to the end game grind and then got sick of the end See, game. Yeah, I tend grind. to just fight a bit as I go, and then I never have to do the grind at the end. Yeah, yeah. So to the point where I'm just like, I don't want the game to end. <laughs> there, there's also usually a little. Bit I will of that say too. this though: be prepared to be disappointed in the story, because it has a twist of sorts that is really dumb. At the very end. Uh, towards the end. 
Not the very end. Because I got up to the point of, okay, fly the spaceship into the into the Death Tower from the moon and go fight uh, the, the final boss. Uh, wait a minute. Is that a thing in 8? Wow, okay, they're going back to that well. Because that sounded a lot like Final Fantasy IV, the way you just described it. Yeah. <laughs> Although it wasn't a giant fuck-off whale... For some reason. No, no, it was a, it was a dragon spaceship, which was also the airship. Close enough. It's pretty, pretty cool, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah. And no, it was a it was all, okay. So all these monsters have appeared on the moon, and then they jumped from the moon to the earth in this sort of red. They have like a weird like thing. lunar philia thing going on there. Yeah, well, it's because it's our closest celestial neighbor. Right. Just, Therefore, it must invade us. It seems to be a common thing in the Final Fantasy franchise. Something about the moon. Anyway. Anyhow, what else? Um, Speaking of remasters, there's a lot of that going around. This one, actually, I'm, I'm happy they're doing it for those Castle Crashers remastered for Switch and PS4. Because oh, I can nice. imagine getting a group of people around a Switch and playing Castle Crashers together got to be fun as shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Castle Crashers, Crash, Crashers was great. It's a super fun co-op game. I mainly did it online, but, I mean, if it's local, even better. I played it on Congregate back, when, back before it was released on consoles. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great game. It's a fun little. It's like a side, not quite side scroll because you have to go up and down. But uh, it, it, it's a it's a classic beat 'em up, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, beat 'em up. It's like a yeah, it's like a final fight kind of game, only yeah. cartoony. Right. Yeah. Um, I've never played it, so I'm gonna go yeah. But yeah, it's uh that 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 is cool. I might pick that up. Um, Basically, Ben, think final fight, only your little like hand-drawn, cutesy night things that have special powers. You fight com- other comic-esque, cartoony enemies. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. And then you, you go through and do the whole thing all over again, and, and like difficulty ramps up, and you level up and stuff. So it's got like some RPG progression mixed in there, too. Huh. But yeah, it's pretty fun. It's like an endless brawler, co-op brawler. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, I, I'm happy for the Game of the Year uh, release of Spider-Man. Which it was, it, honestly, it it was it's a hardcore game of the year contender in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's uh, got tons of awards. Yeah, it was. It's done like really well, both critically and financially. Spider Man was freaking awesome, man. And it's nice to it's nice to see that in a movie tie. Well, it's not really a tie in it per se because it's not. It's based on. It's got its own thing. Going it's on, in its right? own darn universe. Yeah. Um, it was just really good. Yeah. And it's not like you need, and we. Did, I like how it just happened, sort of in medias res too. Like, we don't have to. I don't need to introduce Peter Parker. Yeah. The uh, you know with Spider-Man powers, we don't need to introduce Kingpin or Vulture right. or. It just assumes you know, you know the. It's just like yeah. guys, it's a Spider-Man game. Here, it's Spider-Man. You've seen you. How many times have you seen Uncle Ben die? You know who Spider-Man is. Do you not know some of these villains? Okay, read some comics. Like, I'm sorry, we don't have time to explain this to you. There are people to punch. Yeah, there are people to save. There are webs to slay. Yeah, and and even then, like, if you don't know who they are, there's a codec that you can look at and be like, oh. Also, there's this thing called the internet. Yeah. So. So. But but yeah, I mean, the codex. That stuff's always cool. Yeah, it was. It was really, really good and. I and and as I as I said, I think when I talked when we talked about it earlier, it's a lot like the Arkham games, not in not not in terms of like tone, but in terms of like the combat system. Well, the, the combat Set system, box. yeah, but um, but but in the Arkham games, you feel like you are controlling 
Batman. So it's immersive, basically. Yeah. It captures the feel. In the Spider-Man games, you feel like you are controlling Spider-Man. Like, it makes you feel like you are, like, and the web-slinging is really, Oh, man, can you imagine really that good. game in VR? That would be amazing. That would be, that would be motion sickening. Well, sure, but uh, I mean, there's always going to be some games like that that some people can't handle. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, um, yeah. In less good news, um, Spider-Man's leaving the MCU. Well, aren't negotiations still underway, though? Uh, it's probably dead in the water. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see, but uh, but the longer things go without without a deal being reached, the less likely a deal will be reached. I suppose that's true. Until a deal is reached. Yeah. <laughs> I just suspect I just suspect that some of the stuff is leaked out uh, for for leverage purposes. That's entirely so likely. So I'm not sure. I'm not so I'm not so convinced that talks have fallen apart. Time will tell. But yeah. I don't know. What else we got? Uh, Joker releases October 4th, so practically around the corner by the time the episode airs. Everybody, uh, it, it's getting great reviews, and I still have the same question, which is, who asked for this movie? Yeah. And I still have the same answer. Nobody. But, you know, I have a feeling it'll be, if, if for nothing else, the, uh, the cinematography and the, uh, and the performance of Joaquin Phoenix, it'll be pretty solid. And I, I'm kind of viewing this as, like, I mean, I want to see it out of morbid curiosity, and I also just want to see it in that I feel like it'll be one of those movies where somebody slowly goes insane and will be done really well. So the fact that he's Joker is kind of beside the point for me. Like, I'm, I think it would be a solid movie regardless. Because so I saw the trailer, and it's like, it's a pretty bold trailer, because it's like, the trailer is basically like, hey, here's a guy slowly going insane. Oh, BT Dubs, he's the Joker. Like, it's really not playing up the comic angle. It's not like, hey, hey guys, like... You like the Joker, right? Here's the Joker doing Jokery things. Like it barely even shows the paint, like at all, until the very end. It's very similar in, the, in respect of Venom, the initial trailer where they barely even saw the symbiote, which yeah. also is interesting because it parallels a guy slowly going insane. Yeah. This guy just doesn't get any weird, like you know, symbiosis crap going. Yeah. On. It's just him, which is more. He has, he has a less he has a less legitimate reason to go. Yeah, he, he doesn't get any help, which makes it all the more horrifying because it's all internal for him. He doesn't have any outside force to really blame that's actively yep. messing with his self control or sanity or whatever. Right? Yep. I just don't want to feel sympathetic for the Joker. Well, I mean, I don't think you will. That is that that is something like that. That is something that that uh, that some people be like, hey guys, just you got to remember. The Joker's a homicidal uh, monster and a sociopath, and you probably shouldn't really identify and relate to him. I don't know. I mean, probably like it's, it's like how how a lot of people miss the point of Rick and Morty. You are supposed to hate Rick. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Because Rick's an asshole. Yeah, obviously. That's coming from someone <laughs> who really likes Rick and Morty. Don't at me, fans. But. <laughs> Rick's an asshole. You're not supposed to well, like so, it. Some of the most um, interesting and entertaining, uh, compelling art and entertainment have protagonists that are assholes. Yeah. Case in point, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Hilarious. One of my favorite shows ever. All the main characters are assholes. They're basically irredeemable. Like They never do anything decent yeah. ever. Seinfeld. To a lesser extent, yeah. It's not played up as much as Sunny. Yeah. But yeah, with Seinfeld, it's more just like they're kind of like uh, well, you're trying things to people. Well, they're they're, they're self-centered. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's always in sunny where they're outright like you know 
doing horrific. Where they're like outright <laughs> sociopathic a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like borderline sociopaths, like doing all sorts of crazy scams and getting people who've done drugs and whatever else. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bit of a digression, but yes. Um, Telltale Games is coming back under new ownership, which will likely be terrible, but we will see. Yeah. Um, for, so, interestingly enough, the best headline I saw for that was from a place that has kind of dubious. Um, Relationship with journalism, which was Kotaku, like <laughs> yeah, I was putting it lightly. Their their their, their journalism is, is is very hit or miss. Like some like it depends on who's writing. But their headline was: Two people who have never worked for Telltale Games have bought Telltale Games and are reviving it. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's accurate. Yes, but like everyone else is like. Telltale Games is back. No, two people who have had zero, who have had zero association with it thus far, right. have bought the license to the name in their back catalog, right. and are going to be re-releasing things and maybe hiring people back on a temporary basis. To like, it's like it becomes one of those philosophical questions mm-hmm. where like you had like Infinity Ward that was the main developer for the Call of Duty games and then it got to the point where so many people had left and changed and been hired on this like is it really Infinity Ward yeah. anymore or is it right. just this they're wearing the carcass of Infinity Yeah, this War. is definitely this, <laughs> or is, this, skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is definitely at the very at, like it's not it's not Telltale Games is back from the dead it's more like a necromancer has reanimated the corpse of Telltale Games, and it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Which is ironic, because Telltale Games is famous for the Walking Dead games. But, um... Um, yes, okay. What else we got? Uh, we have uh, Aladdin and Lion King remaster combination. That's the, the, the 16-bit the, games. Yeah, the 16-bit games. SNES and Sega. Now, yeah, I was going to say, is it the... Is it... Because I know Aladdin... Had rap had very different. I know you're asking. You're gonna ask, and I the answer is both versions are gonna be on there. Snes nice. and Sega versions. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was, a lot of people apparently have opinions on the internet. Who'd have guessed? And a lot of people are very adamant that the Sega version is better, at least specifically for Latin. Yeah. I don't know what the differences are. The main differences is that the Sega version, um, the Sega version. Um, the big thing was that Aladdin had a sword in the in the Sega version. Oh, I see. Um, and like it wasn't like there it was more of an action platformer as opposed to a pure platformer. Right. Um, whereas the Sega version was a pure platformer. So this is one of those Nintendo censorship situations. Uh, maybe it was it was more actually like the games are are actually pretty radically different. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't. I, I would not actually go so far as to say one is better than the other. Right. It's like saying. Hey, um, do you like uh, do you like Castle Crashers? And do you like Mario? Right. Yeah. You, you can't really compare the two. <laughs> yeah. See, interestingly enough, I had a Super Nintendo, but I wound up playing the Sega version of that game because mm-hmm. I rented it when I was uh, hanging out with a friend. And we played it over there, so I actually played the Sega version, but not the Super version, which is unusual for me because I usually played the Super version of everything. Yeah. I heard that a lot with Shadowrun too. A lot of people said the Sega Genesis version of Shadowrun was, uh, was the, superior. It's 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 very different. Yeah, and also just different. In general. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things, like, it's not, like, even with Shadowrun, I also wouldn't say it's necessarily superior, it's just, 
It's yeah. a different experience. And we touched on this in our console, well, more than touched on it, we talked about it at length in our console wars episode, but I think a lot of that is a residual, like, my console is better coming out through, you know, yeah. the, the game as a proxy, but anyway. Yep. Uh, we also have... Uh, and I'm a better person for choosing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Disney Plus news, uh, The Mandalorian's got a date, November 12th, it'll be streaming on Disney Plus. And there's a couple other Marvel projects uh, in the works. She-Hulk and Moon Knight have both been announced. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight intrigues me because isn't that known for being like violent and edgy? Like Moon Knight is batshit. Is like it, it's it's bat, it's pants on fire crazy. I mean, it's like borderline like demonic or something. Like he's influenced by some like dark figure. Right. Like so God Moon Knight M- Moon Knight is the it, it is um it, it is a uh. Moon Knight, as a hero, um, is one of the m- one of the main heroes you can point to uh, as having both dissociative identity disorder and schizophrenia. Wow! Like, kind of baked into the character, right? Um, so, so like, like Venom, like cranked up to eleven. Kind of, except like he he legit just has multiple personalities. Ben, you you know Moon Knight stuff. And, Why don't you chime in? Okay, Moon Knight is kind of like. Batman with dissociative uh, schizophrenia. Yeah. Who also kills. Yeah. Intentionally, anyway. Well, Moon Knight is one of the few characters, that, for instance, that the Taskmaster Taskmaster will specifically not imitate his style. The only other person I think of is Deadpool, yeah. because Deadpool scrambles his brain. He can't do it. Well, he can't predict because he's yeah. insane. Well, no, Taskmaster <laughs> can theoretically emulate Deadpool. He just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to. He's afraid what will happen if he does. <laughs> well, no, it's like <laughs> Moon Knight will take a punch that he could otherwise dodge to do something something more painful. Yeah. So it doesn't really work for gel for Taskmaster's purposes. Exactly. Basically. I see. That makes sense. Yeah, Moon Knight's like it's like Moon Knight is is a masochistic. Mofo, yeah, it, it fight because he will take a punch in order to in order to stab your ass. It's really going to be interesting to see how they handle Moon Knight, mm-hmm. especially with you know Disney at, at the helm. So, well, I, and I thought is... that, and I was actually under the impression that that Moon Knight was one of those uh, properties that the uh, that like the um, the rights of reproduction, like the 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 license for, had actually been sold. So I guess I, I was wrong. Well, see, the thing that uh, makes me curious about it is um, they they own, Disney owns, like, how much percent of Hulu? Like, 50%. 50%. Exactly 50%. So I was thinking if that's, like, an adult edgy thing, that that would show up there instead of the main Disney Plus, which is geared towards, not, well, not geared towards, uh, to an extent, but is, shall we say, family-friendly. Not geared towards kids, but family-friendly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of see how that goes. Yeah. Um... I, I, they really have a lot of a, a lot of stuff that's probably going to make me get their service, um, because there's just a lot for me to like there. Well, and it's going to be they're they're going to be uh, coming in at a low price to get their market share. So I feel like what's going to happen for me is I'm going to jump on for like a month and blaze through a couple of shows that I really need to see and then I'll stop for a while and then I'll do it again when the new show comes out, right? right. Like That's probably I, yeah. how it's going to be for me. So I, I do a month here, I a month see there when I, when I want to. Yeah. You know? I like uh, they're making Miss Marvel. Camilla Khan. Mm-hmm. I think we covered that a couple weeks ago. But right. All the other stuff I have down here is just... Uh, All the her powers yeah. are freakish. There's my copy of, of her first book. It's underneath the DVD back there. 
Just a couple of uh, yeah. quick points here. Homeworld 3 is crowdfunding and doing amazingly well, apparently. They, I'm not quite sure. I assume it's about a month. They have like 25 days left. It's already raised $551,000. the first trade, but... Uh, Yakuza 7 is coming out in Japan yes, in January, and then, you know, some later point in the year in North America. Um, it, it, that, I'm... I'm kind of watching that and also kind of not watching that because, well, um, it's the start of a new protagonist and I'm not sure after... Also, like, I'm playing Yakuza 2 right now. I still have 3, 4, 5, and 6 to play. Um, we'll get to 7 when I get to 7. Right. <laughs> yep. Yes, I've pre-ordered 3, 4, and 5, the remasters, because I can. It's one of those things where it's not a... Where, like... I, I'm usually against pre-order culture in the general sense, but uh, in this particular case, I, we already know it's going to be of high quality because it's a remake. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, if you know the game's... That up. Good. Yeah. You want it. I mean... I, pre, I'm not going to throw stones at people for pre-ordering, but this new phenomenon of pre-purchasing, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Have you seen this on Steam? It's like, pre-purchase the game. It's just like, yeah, give us your money before it's even out. Well, I mean, that's, that's essentially what you're doing when you crowdfund a game. Yeah, but, but that's the idea of crowdfunding is that you're actually trying to fund the development of the game. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, you're choosing a specific amount. You're not yeah. just, you know, choosing yeah. a pre-allocated amount. Speaking of, I have backed Muffin Time on Kickstarter from the makers of the Astiff movies. Muffin Time? Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Have you a, mentioned this before? I might have mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Is it like or I could be confusing it with something else. Um, it's it's there's another food related thing that you back. It's it's a uh, chef thing. Uh, Battle Chef Brigade. That's what I'm thinking. Which actually was really really good. Yeah. Um, good. And uh, got some it was awards well last year. Yeah. Uh, no, Muffin Time <laughs> is a card game um, that is. Hard, to, like it, it. Essentially, like your your goal is to draw ten cards, um, and then declare that you have ten cards, and then win the game if you still have ten cards at the end of your next turn, at the beginning of your next turn. Um, and that is apparently pretty hard because well, you have. I'm sorry. Well, what? Just, I don't know. Just you know, the pun that that begs to be made. It sounds kind of half baked, but. <laughs> Yes, well done. Get out of my house. <laughs> well done again. We already went there. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for, for Geek News. That's all I got. Alright. Uh, so, um, spoiler of the week, given that uh, we're, you know, we had the movie, re- 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 the live action re release movie, and the games being re released. Uh, Scar kills Mufasa. Gasp. Yes. But James Earl Jones lives on and portrays him again. Yep. Only to be killed again. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, do you think, you know, they said, we got his, the script, The Lion King. Do I survive this time? <laughs> no. All right. No, no the so. answer was like, no. <laughs> that had to have been the that had to have been the easiest like million dollars Israel Jones ever made. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt. James, we need you to come in and like say five words, including one long no. 
Okay, and how much am I, are you paying me? More than we should. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I, like to, I like to think that exchange is like, hey, can you come in and do this line? No. And then they just extend it, and it's like, yeah, you already signed, here's your money. <laughs> no. It's like the Simpsons, they, they had a joke where the, the gal that did the voice work for... Um, for the uh, Roadrunner. He's like, yeah, they just paid me for meat, then they doubled it up, the cheap bastards. That <laughs> 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 yeah, was pretty funny. All right, so... Yeah, onward. Um, other than... Um, other than Godzilla movies for, you know, October. By the way, um, no, we'll, we'll say that. We'll, I'll mention that after the episode. Um, but... Um, just that's the thing. This is... I'm gonna edit all this hit, all this shit out. I'm tired. And it actually is uh, somewhat relevant though because I saw Godzilla King of Monsters in the theater recently. Yeah. So that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. So other than the Godzilla movies that we're rewatching for the for the thing, what have we been watching recently? What have we been watching? What have we been get playing? How have we been geeking? Yeah. Well, who wants to start? Man, I kick started us back out. with I started back with uh, Fallout One and Two. Go no Worthy decisions. And uh, I've been revisiting um, Conan Exiles. They have a new they have a new uh, DLC that I haven't that I just got. I haven't really had a chance to play with that much. But so I've been watching Dark Crystal, kind of binging a little bit on that. You mean the the new thing that just came and out? Resistance, uh huh. And then um, also been watching Titans because season two came out and it's just coming out. So one. Okay, by the time I'm done with Titans, you know, season one, I'd probably get to season two. So is that on, like, the DC thing? DC Universe. What, what do they call it, DC Universe? DC Universe, yeah. <clears throat> and I haven't actually... I, I've never tried that service before. Um, how how much is that? Uh, first week is free. seven ninety nine a month for the... Uh, the for first the, hit is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First, first one's day, free, man. First day's free, man. <laughs> yeah, you got, like... Uh, but it's, like, seven ninety nine a month. Yeah. That might be a thing where I... You know, pull a Disney Plus and occasionally sub for a month and binge right. a couple shows. I just I haven't felt I haven't had anything that's really just pulled at me to to right. sub to it because I think it's probably because I, I lost out. interest in those WCW DC shows, so mm-hmm. I haven't really. I want to check out season three of Young Justice. Um, now, so that's that's on the service. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely getting it for at least a month then because uh, that shows. As it's got several, it's got Batman Hush. Um, it's got all yeah. It's got all of the uh, the yeah all bat- the feature all the yeah the Batman features stuff. movies yeah. um, and the other animated um, you yeah. know like Justice League Dark and right. all that stuff which yes, is yeah. nice yeah and then um, so, I mean those have been mostly the things now the the Titans one has been the one I've been most recently watching it's been pretty interesting um, and I figured out the is that the live action one yeah. I figured out the formula is basically you make the powers basically light on powers, heavy on drama. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, spoilers, uh, Starfire basically has amnesia. And she acts like a completely normal human who can throw fire. But she's very limited in her ability to throw fire. She's got, like, three shots and she's done. She's like, you know, and because she has to recharge and they're constantly going into dark places because, you know, hanging out with Robin and Raven, come on. <laughs> you know, and Gar can only, you know, tra- transform into one form. Um, you know, I'm kind of, okay. 
but as it goes on, you know, it's exploring the uh, the dynamics of the So, uh, are they like, <clears throat> are they just learning how to use their powers, or is that just a sh- is that just like a choice by the show? Um, well, Gar kind of knows how to use his power a little bit. Raven is just learning how to use hers. Um, of course, Starfire is just learning about who she is. Um, Robin is the only one who actually knows what the hell he's doing. That's funny. And he's reluctant because when he goes into a fight, he he goes Batman. You can tell he was, this guy was was taught by Batman. Yeah. yeah. Because people get hurt. By the way, I use I, I love using Batman as a verb. That's just fun. Right. <laughs> just as I, I often refer to that as the stealthily picking off of people in a crowd. Right. Right. Is yeah. Batmaning them. Right. <laughs> yeah. See that's ninja mode, but you know that's the thing. There's so many that word. That's a word that can be used so many different ways. Because you could also be like you know the impeccable detective work. You just Batman that guy. Yeah. You know, like there's all kinds of. There's at least five different ways. I feel like you could use the Batman's that being accurate. I highly recommend uh, if you haven't gotten to it yet, uh, checking out uh, in Fallout 2 the Fallout 2 Restoration Pack. Huh. Um, Okay. um, Which uh, was. I will. I will never stop seeing that particular uh, fan project's praise. It's a single executable that you can run, so it's not. It doesn't take know-how, right? Um, and what it does is, there's a guy who, on the internet, goes by the uh, by the moniker of Kill App, um, and what he did was he read the entire Fallout Bible, mm-hmm. and talked to all the ex-Interplay Black Isle um, employees he can, and tried to implement all of the content that was cut from Fallout 2. And there's a whole hell of a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And he did a really, really damn good job. I bring it up pretty much any time someone mentions Fallout 2. Um, A similar thing was done with Knights of the Old Republic 2. Yeah. Uh, some very dedicated fan was like, so this game is good. It could have been great, so I'm going to make it great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you, and like, I followed the development of that, uh, like, because it, it was something that would, that, uh, that came up on the old No Means Allowed forums, um, which I'm not even sure if that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because I, I followed that, like, when I was in high school. He, he's, he worked on it for, like, it is off time for like eight or nine years. <laughs> yeah, I've seen projects like that before. It's like uh, like when they did the um, the Warcraft Three total conversion mod for Starcraft, which is funny because not too long after all of that hard work, they just released Starcraft Two anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, there was um, somebody's recently done Morrowind using Sky uh, using the Skyrim engine. Modding. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, so it's called uh, Skywind. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, like it's like a celebrity couple name, like Benifer. But you right. know, <laughs> you, you, you gotta give more originally. Because here's the thing, that is a like, even though it's a complete labor of love, it's also you know what that really is? That's portfolio right there. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You then go. Oh, to, yeah. You go then go to insert gaming company here if, if this if that is your your desire mm-hmm. and be like, well. Oh, I did. 
Uh, have you have you done anything? That's what I can do. Well, I I, uh, I remade all of Morrowind in the in Skyrim's engine. Yeah, in many cases you can just write your own ticket. <laughs> or hell, people may even seek you out. Yeah. You see a lot of games now where they they're kind of headhunting modders that are known on the internet. Yeah. They're getting on teams for big name games and developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, it's like scouting minor league ball players or something. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah, anything cool. else you've been doing, Ben? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Mm, mostly I've been reading superhero stuff and and writing, of course. So yeah. that's you know what I tend to do. I can tend to create my own geek, uh, my my own geek comic. Well, you're, the, a lot of that's because you're running a uh, Marvel Heroes game, right? Mm-hmm. Running a Marvel Heroes game um, for a couple friends, and so that's kind of fun. Getting that new Essex lore. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is in New Essex. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess this this one's different. I just, in my headspace, I think, <laughs> I associate New Essex with it because I played in the other game that was in New Essex. Right. But yeah. So. All right, Mike. What about you? I have elected to go last as the, per- as the head content monkey of the podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we can all. Well, <clears throat> uh... I, I watched uh, Jessica Jones Season 3, which is the final season of any Marvel thing on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. It's a big swan song there. And i got to say, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was way better than Season 2, which a lot of... That was a much maligned thing. Like, a lot of people weren't a big fan of Season 2. I thought it was okay. I thought people kind of gave it too hard of a time. It got kind of a bat bum rap on the internet, but mm-hmm. it was still pretty good. But Season 3, I, I think they just knocked it out of the park and they had it I don't want to spoil anything so I can't go too much into details about mm-hmm. some of the plot developments but let's just say that there's a lot of a lot of character development and twists and turns and there's an antagonist in there that is played to perfection by some just random ass actor as far as I know anyway he might have some stuff going that I haven't noticed or whatever but as far as I know he's just some no name guy just some rando actor just does an amazing job just extremely good um and uh, I was really, um, it was it was more of a pure kind of a binge where it's like you're reading a really good book and you you have to know what happens next. It's not yeah. just a casual like, oh, I don't have anything else to do, so I'm gonna allow autoplay keep going. It was like, okay, I need to know what happens next. This is crazy, you know. Right. So yeah, that was really good. And uh, I, you know, I think overall the um, overall the shows ended well. Like I liked the final season of the shows that are no longer going to be on Netflix. I thought Daredevil Season 3 was solid. Punisher Season 2 is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Iron Fist is still Iron Fist, but Season 2 is a lot better than 1. <laughs> well, you know, so, you is know. Iron Fist good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's become its own little thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, if anyone's looking for just something funny on Netflix, there's a show called American Vandal. Have you guys heard about this? No. So it's a uh, it's a sat- it's like a satire parody of like true crime shows. And huh. season one is it's it's set in a high school, right? And the narrator is a high school student who's investigating the big crime. And the big crime is that <clears throat> somebody drew uh, drew in in terms of spray painting 
a bunch of dicks on all the cars in the parking lot. Like, 27 different cars in the parking lot, just a big old dick on all of them. <laughs> like, you know, the silly, cartoonish, high school student dick, you know? Yeah. And, right. uh, they, but they treat, like, it's treated very seriously, right? And that just makes it all the more hilarious. It's got, a, kind of, it's different, but to give you an idea of, like, the kind of vibe, it's somewhat like, like, say, like a Best in Show or a This Is Spinal Tap, where it's like, it's inherently ridiculous, but they're treating it so seriously, now, and it's just really funny. Uh, I'll piggyback off of that just briefly. One of the things I, I, I watched a couple episodes of uh, this last uh, bit that I'm very much looking looking forward to watching more of, similarly to that, is Documentary Now uh-huh. uh, on Netflix, which is even more a direct send-up of the Christopher Guest uh, thing, because okay. it's literally people faking the documentary format as well. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, sorry, just that, that, that's just no, a brief. No, by all like, means. I mean, it's like it's part of what we're it's doing. Very similar, yes. Part of what we're doing today is just riffing and stuff, because yeah. and that's half the fun. Is like, oh, I like that thing, or I've heard of that thing, so let me tell you about this thing, and then maybe even check this thing yeah. out. You know, um, it's not as good as the Christopher Guest documentaries. Well, it's um, a pretty high bar. So. Yeah. Yeah. But documentary now, I watched a couple episodes of it, and the episode where Jack Black um, plays like this really serious. Uh, documentarian is um, is kind of amazing. <laughs> like he, he's playing, like he he runs like this super yuppie document documentary thing. Yeah. But he's like, but we are make we are making art, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <clears throat> On season two, um, the premise is um, instead of a public high school, it's a it's a Catholic high school, and the crime this time is. Um, that somebody put something in like the cafeteria food to make everybody crap their pants, and the villain is known as the turd burglar. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I think overall, I, I don't know. I'm not sure which season I like better. Probably one, just for the novelty of it being a new thing. But uh, yeah, it's pretty hilarious, and I recommend it to anybody that likes a good laugh or satirical stuff specifically. And it's also just one of those shows you can you can kind of have on in the background, kind of half pay attention to while you do other stuff. You know, like you can still enjoy it and have a laugh without it. It's not one of those like, you know, it's not like an intense drama or something. Yeah. Where it's like you really have to be you paying must attention. Must pay attention. No, it's a, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, something funny happened. Yeah, because I mean, playing. you know, there's going to be a little, you know, some of the kind of like styling or whatever the presentation is mm-hmm. going to be a little bit redundant. So it's not like. The end of the world if you miss a minute here or there. But yeah, it was, it was a really good show and I, I dug it. Nice. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I've been playing through uh, Shadowrun games again because I've been playing the tabletop recently. So I kind of had the urge to take my tabletop character and insert it into the video game and play that style of character. Very nice. Because I played, like, when I played through Shadowrun Returns, I did a Street Samurai. And I was very much just like, I'm going to shoot all the things with my couple of gun skills and yeah. that was basically it uh, and now it's a complete turnaround because I'm playing a uh, and it was I think it was a human yeah I think it was a human street sand that I played uh, and then now I'm doing an elf um, shaman um, it was kind of a mix I did some mage spells in there but we'll just say elf spellcaster basically crank up the charisma uh, so it's also a face um, so that always helps mm-hmm. uh, and you get those the way they do the mechanics in the game is you get like at certain points, you get extra, like, um, what they call etiquette skills, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. yeah. So it basically boils down to you get special dialogue choices where you can 
get a different solution to something. Yep. So instead of having to fight your way through something, you can like, you know, you can use Decker three to be like, okay, I'll just bypass the security. Or like, you know, talk the guard into leaving or something. Like, yeah. You can do various things. There's like Shadowrunner and like street uh, and like gang and like there's corporate, you know, different yeah. knowledge things. Those etiquettes too. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, it's been, you know, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's a different, you know, different way of doing the game. Although I still always went with, there's this one, um, there's this one Shadowrunner you can hire that I just always go with whenever he's available. Um, he's a dwarf mage, and he's just like the ultimate utility character. So it's just like, I always have to have him on which my team. Um, I forget his name, but... Which, which game is he? Oh, the, I'm talking about the first game. Oh, okay. Shadowrunner Returns. Returns, yeah. Oh, no, wait, I do know his name. Alexander Falk. Hmm. Is that I don't? He's not like a story character. He's just one of those dudes, right. he's one of those NPCs that you hire. Right. But it's just like he's got all those handy spells that. So like, no matter where he's at, like no matter how the fight's going down, there's always something he can do that's useful. Huh. So like armor, to you know give you extra armor, or like weaken armor to decrease theirs, or like haste to have your action points go up. Like there's always something that he can be doing. Right. So he's just like. You know, I consider him basically indispensable, and he—I don't know—he wasn't like super expensive. He's like an affordable hire, so there's that too. Save a few new yen here and there, but yeah, I always have him on my squad when possible. And no, I'm not using squad in the millennial sense. He—it's literally a <laughs> squad team. of people. Right. Yeah. You didn't say fam. You said squad. Yeah. Well, you know, only so much. Only so much of that terminology before the world explodes if you cram it one sentence. Right. But yeah, Shadowrun is, is pretty fun. Um, and then I'm going to go through uh, Dragonfall again and uh, eventually uh, play Hong Kong. Hong Kong if I can get it to work. For some reason, it's black screen on Steam for me. Uh, it just, like, it starts up and then it doesn't really progress. Huh. It's like a known issue. I don't know. I figure I'm kind of punting on it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play through these other games first and then. I'll tr reinstall it, try it again. If it works, great. If not, then I'll worry about it then. Yeah. I kind of wanted to play these again anyway because it's been so long and I didn't remember some of the specifics and I wanted to try to play different character types sure, or yeah. games, you know. So, yeah, I'm just kind of taking my time and playing through it and having, having fun being the, the spellcaster type. It's a very different experience than the, the Street Sam thing. Did I tell you about the runner that I designed for a game that never quite got off the ground? I feel like you did, but give me the elevator pitch to um, see if you did. So... He's a uh, he's a rigger. Ah, yes. yes um, he and he's a re he's a retired construction rigger who got screwed out of his retirement. This is kind of similar to like <laughs> the the Mel Gibson payback here. Like, hey, just give me the money. I'm yeah. It's just like I just want this specific amount of money. That's all I want. I don't want any trouble. Just the it's money. Like, <laughs> you, you, you don't want no, at, at this point, he kind of wants to make trouble too. Well, it's yeah. like motherfuckers, yeah. you, you, you couldn't. You could have saved yourself so much trouble by just not trying to screw me out of my retirement the first damn place. Yeah. Right? He's basically the payback rigger. Yeah. Because that was a recurring thing in the movie is like, if they had just paid him the money, it would have been so much cheaper mm -hmm. than trying to kill him all the time because he keeps mowing through people and doing all these things that yeah. cost all this money. Very much Mel Gibson from payback. It was like $37,000 or something. It wasn't a lot of money in, in their terms. Yeah. But anywho. But By the yeah. way, if anyone hasn't seen the movie, please see Payback because it's an amazing. Yes, movie. it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Shadowrun. Um, let's see. Uh, apparently, I'm going to pause this for now for station identification. <laughs> Sorry. All right, and we're back from uh, from that little needing to have a confab. 
All right, so you've been watching the things and playing the games, and what else have you been <laughs> doing thing? Uh, I've been uh, playing Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines again. Nice. Game Girl playthrough. Very fun. Um, yeah. I really want to do a Malkavian playthrough now that I've actually done oh, one full playthrough. you have to, man. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. For anyone who's played the game once, I highly recommend you play it again as a Malkavian. I love it's amazing. I love how smiling Jack uh, hangs a, a lampshade on his me. Oh man, and you're a Malkavian too. That's gotta suck. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're double screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he has a similar thing when you're Nosferatu. He's like, oh shit, you got to go through all this, and you're fucking butt ass ugly too, man. That's rough. He says something like that. You know, like he always, he's always got colorful things to say. You know? Well, I mean, he's he's an important lore lore figure. He makes it to to Gehenna. Yeah, yeah, he's a big uh, big mover and shaker. Yeah, which is funny because that's rare when it's someone who specifically makes a point to stay outside of most of these societal yeah. uh, formulations and norms and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, um, Smiling Jack, he's great. And plus, Bloodlines two coming what early next year? Yeah, early yeah. mid next year. I don't think they have an official it's, release date. But. Yeah, I don't. Actually, I think they do, or at least a, a small window. I, I don't recall offhand, but I, I know it's early next year. I want to say March, but I, I'm not 100% sure. I know it's one of the reasons I have to get a new computer. But, uh, yeah, um, between that and playing some 5th edition Vampire lately, I, I was kind of in the mood to revisit the game. and Yeah, it's great. Um, that's, that's another situation where you had a dedicated, you know... Uh, unofficial patch people and all that. Yeah. Because not only was... It wasn't so much just, like, deleted content, but it was notoriously buggy. Um, it was Troika Games, who were kind of known for buggy-ass games. Great games, but were mired in bugs. They're, they were, the uh, Bloodlines 2 release date is March 2020. That's what I thought, March, yeah. They don't have a more firm t- uh, time than March, though. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to... Uh, <clears throat> to check that out um, because apparently you're going to be um, a thin blood uh, which would no- nominally be less powerful but they're going to use that as a springboard for you customizing your character because with thin bloods in, in the tabletop game <clears throat> to get a little you know into the weeds here with the mechanics um, thin bloods as the name implies they're less powerful or you know they have a, uh, a higher generation which means worse in yeah. traditional vampire masquerade terminology um <clears throat> But they have the upside of um, these uh, special discipline group called Thin Blood Alchemy, and they have uh, there's a mechanic where they can they can feed and they can temporarily get a limited version of the traditional disciplines. So they don't have like they don't have as much power at any given moment generally, but they have like the potential to like mix and match and do their own thing. It's kind of a freestyle vampire, if you will. So they're using that instead of just going, hey, pick your clan in the character creation screen in the first game, which is all well and good. Now they're taking a different approach where you just kind of get thrown in there. And apparently the premise from what they've shown like the preview articles and videos and stuff is that there's a night where a bunch of crazy shit goes down and there was like a mass embrace and you were one of these thin bloods that just kind of got grabbed and bit and so it's just like you know all right i mean it's more than just a fight in the embrace but you can yeah they're you're bit drained and, and then thin blood. blood is put back in yeah uh. <laughs> more involved in that but you get the picture uh so anyway um similar thing uh, in the sense of hey you are a new vampire who shouldn't be a thing therefore assholes will make you jump through hoops no doubt yeah but yeah i'll see how that plays out um so yeah, I've been playing Bloodlines. Um, what else? Uh, just you know, various tabletop games. Been playing. Um, 
we just had a session zero for uh, a homebrew D&D game, and I'm, I'm very <clears throat> very happy to get to um, play my Kinku Monk that I've wanted to play. I, I started playing in a game, and then <clears throat> um, it only lasts a couple sessions before it fell apart. So I, I got a taste, and I really enjoyed the character, but then just stopped, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, we've all had that phenomenon where you, you get a taste of a character you really enjoy playing, and then you don't get to play them all of a sudden. Yeah, I had, like, that, oh. had that happen with my Shadow Runner, as well as uh, we were going to play uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Um, it was going to be a big game that my sister was running. Um, it was gonna that she was going to run over, like, multiple groups, and, like... like all happening in a persi- in, 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 in within the world, and like what one this one group does may affect what happens to right. this group because you know, like, and sometimes you might have a special guest star from this coterie kind over like here, a, kind of like a West March, well, kind yeah, of Marvel Universe, yeah. Um, and I did so much work for that character, and by so much work, I mean I wrote an eight page backstory journal, <clears throat> yeah. See, this is why I don't do that anymore. Because <laughs> you never know when that's going to be the well, game that you don't get to... I, I needed to. I, I, I was getting, I think, an extra point of experience of experience for every page I wrote. Oh, okay. Touche. So it was... It was I, I will admit, if that carrot is dangled in front of me, it, I will be completely It was slightly power-gaming. It was like, and, yeah. I need more dots in this thing. <laughs> more dots. M-O-A-R. Well, more. Because, well I was playing... I was playing a... a I was playing a... 10th generation uh, we're not 10th generation sorry no this is Victorian so I'm sorry I was, I was playing a 9th generation uh, um, Brewer uh-huh. um, who was embraced um, after, who was an ex-cavalry man um, so I had to have a bunch of skills yeah. just to make my backstory make be legitimate like I had to have like firearms who the fuck takes points in Animal Can I do apparently well, no, yeah it was like, I had to have points in, in Animal Can and uh, and and guns and well, swordsmanship who, who, who the hell who's not a gangrel takes points in that yeah and I was like <laughs> no I, it was because I had to ride a fucking horse yeah <laughs> Like vampire cavalier player option. Yeah, it's like I is so it was there. There was a lot of work, and and because I was, I was actually going to be older than most of the other vampires. Right. Um, wanted wanted it to reflect the experience. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I was li- and I was just a vampire, not living in London, who just wanted to be left alone. <laughs> but no. Mithras had to come up, had to summon me to Elysium and tell me that he wanted me to bodyguard slash threaten to kill this darned um, Tremere. Tremere? The, the mages? Yeah. yeah. Um, because he doesn't trust them as far as he can throw them. And so, like... Yeah, because we, we did like a session zero, and I and Mithras is the prince of London. He's a third generation. Oh yeah, um, Mithras from the lore in the fifth ed book. Yeah, yeah, it's freaking Mithras. Yeah. Um, and he come, he summons me, and I come, and I say to, and and, and my response to him is, "What do you want?" Just about like that, with with the just, I'm tired. <laughs> what do you want? Why am I here? What the hell? <laughs> and Mithras apparently liked me. Oh, I like this guy. He doesn't. He doesn't 
give one flying fuck. <laughs> that's, that's one of the worst things is when the elder vampire likes you. Yeah. Now, it's probably worse if they hate you, but still, it's not great when they like you either. Hey, let's hey, let's get that one guy who I really liked to do this to do the thing for me. Seriously, right. you you realize the thing that I like that you like about me is the fact that I hate you, right? Also, the fact that if one of them likes you, then that means that by proxy, the enemies of the one that likes you are going to hate you. So that's the thing. But yeah, it was uh, I I I got I got blue walled pretty hard on that on that uh, particular ga- uh, game. Yeah, which is a shame because it was going to be a lot of fun. So, what have you been playing, streaming, so, etc.? Um, Game-wise, I've been playing uh, Ryuga Gagakuto Kiwami 2. I say it five times fast. <laughs> I probably could if I really tried, but no, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, I don't know what any of my talent most people know if you mispronounce it. Eh, <clears throat> Kiwami code. Um, <laughs> but I've uh, been very much into into that. I gotta slow down a little bit because I don't get Yakuza 3 until uh, February of next year. Mm. It's on pre-order. Um, I could drop another $60 to get a, a digital copy of all three games, but I'm getting physical media in February. I kind of just want to wait. Yeah. Yeah, just hold that. But uh, been enjoying the heck out of that because the Yakuza games are all great, and this one was done in the... Uh, in the new Dragon engine, which was the same engine they used for Yakuza 6, so it's really pretty. It's far more pretty than the uh, than the first two that I played, zero and one. So um, pretty. What? So pretty. And apparently, and so I'm I'm kind of worried because three, four, and five are going to be steps down, just remasters in the old engine, uh. um, as opposed to running the new engine. So it'll be like it'll be like, well, it was nice, and uh, I'll get back to it when I get to six. Uh, but the fact that I can actually go into build like act like is kind of been blowing my mind. I can walk into a building off the street, um, like I walk up to the door and open, and the door just opens, and I walk into the building as opposed to walking up to the door, hitting a button, and then getting a loading screen, and now I'm in the building. Well, that's how I felt when Grand <coughs> Auto started doing that. Like in Vice City, that was the first time you could actually go inside a building and. It was like, and play inside what? the building. It was like, holy crap, this is blowing my mind. I can actually show up to a place and go inside and do things in the place. Yeah. The, the missions actually take place inside buildings now, too. It's not just overworld stuff. Yeah, it's been, that, that's been super, super, super great. Um, By the way, one of the best soundtracks of all time, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Vice City has a very good soundtrack. So good. You're absolutely right. And it's all, what's cool is it's all stuff from the time. Yeah. It's all stuff that was available in 1986 at that moment. Yep. It's very authentic. But uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. I, uh, I I've recently hit the the point that gets that gets ridiculous if you think about it from uh, from a realistic logical standpoint, uh, which is the it's not a necessary grind. I I like to grind at, the, at this at this one particular point um, because you can. Um, one of the best ways to get experience in the game is to eat food. <laughs> at a restaurant, uh, but you have a you have a hunger meter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've gotten to the point in the game, um, which is just a little bit after chapter four, where I'm running a cabaret club. I have more money than God at any given point in time. I can just go and make like I can go run the club for a night and get like five million yen, um, and 
you know, I can buy whatever I want, do whatever I want as far as that goes. Yeah. So, um, to grind out the experience I needed to buy all the upgrades and things, I would go and I would, there's this crab restaurant, and I'd drop about $300 on crab, eat it all, and then drink two little appetite stimulator energy shots, and then turn around and do it again. <laughs> and so I, I loved, like, it, it's entire, like, it's entirely game, right? Yeah. But I love thinking about it from, like, the perspective of someone, like, assuming that this is, a, that, that this is kind of real world, even though it very much isn't. This concept of, so there's this tough-looking, Yakuza-looking guy who came in, he ordered, like, $300 worth of crab, he ate it all, and then before he even left the building, he drank some stuff and then did it again. And he's been do and he's been running in and out of the building for like the last three hours. And he just keeps doing this, man. What is he? <laughs> so it's eating order simulator the game. Eating disorder rather simulator the game. Well, no, I'm not throwing up. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm taking digestives. I think it's making me poop. Uh, for being entirely realistic. Well, well, I mean, any way you slice it, that can't be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. If you, um, that reminds me of what happens in Fable when you eat too much. Mm -hmm. Your character actually gains weight. Oh, yeah. That was something in uh, Grand Theft Auto San, San Andreas. Andreas too. Too, yeah. I saw some funny videos of like super chunky protagonist running around. and yeah. yeah. You could also get super buff, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. You could be like total, like, you know, um, uh, what was that, Mr. Universe style, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's been my big game of late. Because I tend, when I, when I get game, I tend to focus in real hard. Uh, also, Path of Exile 3.8 comes out this weekend, uh, as of recording, and I am kind of disappointed that it's also Moon City Con, and I can't just play it all weekend, because I'm yeah. going to be getting Moon City Con, but... Well, it's not going anywhere. It's true, but I like I love playing in that first and first two, three or four days that new patch smell. of the well of, <laughs> that new economy feel right. where nobody has like people are figuring out yeah. what things are worth and you can make a killing. That yeah, kind of a thing. yeah, there, yeah. There's that, and because because the new no one no one's quite sure what the new meta is yet. Right, right. And things along like there there's some guesses, but the meta doesn't really establish for a couple weeks. But yeah, um, and then. Um, for what have I been watching? This is compulsory. Neil watches weird. Watches Let me stuff. This shit, on, weird shit on YouTube. No, I've been what, what I've been watching. Well, yes, but I always watch weird shit on YouTube. <laughs> but no, the big <laughs> thing. That's why I was not a brave guest, but the, an accurate one. The big thing that I have been binge watching is um, all seven seasons of Mash. Recently, recently came up on Hulu. All seven? I think it's seven. There are twelve. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all of the seasons of because because I checked. It has all the way from the pilot to uh, to thank you, uh, good luck, and good night. Or what? I can't remember the name of the of the finale. I like but, to think when we talk about you doing it's binge watching spelled with an e. <laughs> binge watching, yeah. You're just binge watching. But it's one true binge watching. <laughs> one true binge watching. But yeah. yes, I have been. Uh, I have been re, uh, I have been, I have been, re-spending time with the four hundred seven seventh. 
Are you open for seven seventh? I watched the, the Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. Sorry, yeah, and there were eleven I, seasons. I watched the season finale on TV. That was a very poignant evening. It was a thing, yeah. I, um, and I've just been like, so when when I was younger, like in in middle school and a little bit of high school, we were a Nielsen family. Uh-huh. So uh, for like ten dollars a week or something. Um, which, you know, it's not much, but uh, you had a little book that you were supposed to fill in with what you were watching at any yeah, point in time. Yeah, I know those things, yeah. Um, and you sent it in. And we sent it in, and they got their ratings. And so, you know, my age group, t- uh, like 12 to 16, uh, for, for because, because I was in that, because I was, you know, in the focus group, uh, suddenly had a big spike in interest in... <laughs> Mash, because I watched it because it was on for two hours in the afternoon on the Hallmark Channel, and I would watch it. I would watch all two hours every day because I just loved the show, and now I can just sit back and watch all of it, and I'm very happy. And there are some episodes that uh, that didn't age as well. There are some episodes that are really that are good, and it's more poignant now that I'm you know not twelve. Right. It's like going back and rereading Calvin and Hobbes cartoons. Uh, <laughs> if you're super young when you read them, you get a lot more out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, or it's like um, watching Looney Tunes. I was going to say, yeah. it's like watching the never ending story as a child and then again as an adult. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's really. Uh, that that that's another thing that's like that really kind of it's like wow this is this was a lot deeper than I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've completely lost track of how long this episode has gone. That's so we have all three had our say. Did we have anything we want to throw in? Well, speaking of another never-ending story, mm-hmm. um, someone at Dragon Con did an art oh yeah I saw that where <laughs> it's you know, just a head and horse's and, head and, and he's and he's holding you know, he's just trying to but you put it on the ground and like oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Springfield game and uh, then later Vision Con uh, I'm planning on having completed the uh, my cosplay of the uh, the merchant from Resident Evil 4 cool um, I'm hoping to have a table at the head game cool not gonna. I don't have it ready for Moon City Con, and also Moon City Con's a tabletop gaming uh, convention, so it's kind of out of place there. Right. Yeah. So that's another cost cosplay that I want to do at some time, though. Um, would love to put together, uh, but that's kind of difficult. Would be uh, rich Uncle Pennybags. Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> Which, for those of you who don't know, that's the actual name of Monopoly guy. Oh, seriously? Rich Uncle Pennybags. <clears throat> I feel like that's one of those, like, how you're saying nobody was asking for a Joker movie, like, knowing his name. That was also a very unnecessary thing. Well, I mean, that, 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 it was in the uh, instruction. Rich, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yep. Okay, so the, from the from the word go, no pun intended, the original Monopoly, like, this is always a thing. His name was in there in the instructions. Yes. yes. I completely overlooked this. Well, most people don't read the instructions of Monopoly. It's kind of like it's kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody. Nobody really knows where they learned the rules. It just they happened just around the table. <laughs> yeah. Nobody and, knows where they learned. And everyone's the rules. like, "Oh, you, you land a free parking, you get yeah. the money." But the rule says, "No, bitch, that's not yeah. a thing." And, and, and honestly, actually, for the most part, 
Uh, similar, similar to Mon- Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. Well, similar, similar <laughs> to um, everybody. Nobody is quite sure where they learned the rules, and everybody's learned it wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. Like there are like people it's are like Monopoly takes ever. Monopoly takes so much time. No, no. If you actually play by the rules, right, it takes at most like it's two hours. Last period of time. Because yeah. anytime you land on a space that's for sale, and you don't buy it, it's supposed to go up for auction. Right. That alone, right there, speeds the game up like yeah, a lot of people ignore the auction rule, and it really extends the mm-hmm. game. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, the thing is, is the other thing about Monopoly is it came out during the Depression. Yeah. Rich Uncle Pennybags would have been a you know, you know. <laughs> also, he's subject to the man, to the to the uh, Mandela or man, Mandela effect a little bit uh, because some people remember him with a monocle, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He's never officially had a monocle. He does not. Yeah, we, I think the thing is because of that, then that misinformation spreads, uh, and you see like you see like art and stuff of him with the monocle, even though he's never officially actually had the monocle. Yeah. Yeah. People just you know, yeah. Well, it's kind of like the there's like so many people that were convinced that there is a movie Kazam and it never existed. It's, right. It was never a thing, but everyone is so convinced that I've there's a movie it. Kazam. And Shaq was, I think... No, it was no, Sinbad. No. It was Sinbad, Sinbad as a genie, Sinbad. and I've seen it. Yeah, because Shaq movie. was Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, well, I don't know. That's a weird-ass <laughs> phenomenon. Okay, but here's the other funny thing about, speaking of Parker Brothers games, everybody's talking about you know the dangers of the Ouija board. The Ouija board is a Parker Brothers game. Yep. <laughs> it's completely made up by uh, by them. By Parker Brothers, yep. Um, the closest thing in any sort of, like... Um, spirit reading with boards is kind of a thing in Japan. Yeah. But not really. Yeah, that's what. That's what. Yeah. And we we're just kind of free associating this point. I didn't want yeah. to throw this out there just as a fun little fact. Hasbro Games now owns Death Row Records. <laughs> that's a thing that happened. So now it's Death Bro. <laughs> well, can you imagine? If, can you imagine the D and D crossover? <laughs> Yo, I'm a third level gangster. <laughs> I like to dual wield these Glocks. <laughs> uh, I got an herbalism kit, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> proficiency I'm, in it, no I'm doubt. Proficiency in herbalism. I feel like at no some doubt. point maybe we should do an episode on game systems we have played that aren't mainstream. Yes, Ben could go on for years about Morrow and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and Marvel and things, but... Yeah. We, like, we, can, we can name it like, you know, like something along the lines of a cool indie episode you've probably never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the hipster episode. <laughs> yeah. I could talk about, like, Eclipse Phase and Red Markets and mm-hmm. uh, that... Uh, yeah. Speak briefly about the one rule book I read once, which was a D twenty. It was it was it was technically sort of a D and D association thing, but it was a D twenty um, Christian role playing game. So like, oh, be good. so like one of the classes was um, was uh, Nazarite. Uh-huh. Uh, so. <laughs> oh my god they did they did do their research <laughs> yeah they did it was kind of amazing uh, but that that that's teaser for for some for some other time yeah um, that'd be great fun <laughs> but yeah um any final thoughts anything along those lines everybody 
love what you do, man. I yeah, mean, that's all. That's all Geekdom is about. Loving, yep. uh, being, you know, loving what you do freely. Speaking love about me. loving what I'm doing, I want to go love watching the inside of my eyelids for a while. So we're gonna call it an episode. Of me. All right. Um, thank you very much for listening. This has been Neil, the one true Ben, and Mike, and we will talk to you next time on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter E and the number 88. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, rate and subscribe, please. It really helps us out. Also, please check out our Twitter and Facebook pages for links to interesting things as well as semi-regular updates. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. It's a good time to be a geek right now. <laughs>